Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Pavilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports, Peter Rusciutti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of the pieces of advice you often hear when you're deciding on a career is do something you love. Inherent in this advice is the underlying assumption that work and things you love, like enjoying yourself, are two distinctly different undertakings. When we're kids, that distinction is way more blurred. Everything can be fun, even school, starting with preschool. Jonathan Pierce is having four times as much fun as a preschooler. Jonathan is president of a group of four preschools. Sugar and Spice Preschools have two locations in Lafayette, one in Broussard and another in Youngsville. Jonathan, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, thank you. And to Tommy Townsley writes and publishes books for kids. Tommy is the author of the Cajun Tales series of books with seven titles so far, including Clyde the Cajun Calf and Amos the Artistic Alligator. Tommy's company, Alligator Book Bites, has published 20 children's books by other local authors. Tommy, welcome out to lunch. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. It's probably not PC to call someone nutty, but nonetheless, I'd like to introduce you to nutty scientist Alexandra Druant. Uh, Alexandra is the co-owner of Nutty Scientists of Acadiana. Nutty Scientists of Acadiana specializes in edutainment, a fun way for kids from 3 to 17 to learn science. Alexandra, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. You don't seem nutty. It's going to see, see how this goes. Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when preschool was basically babysitting. Those days are behind us. Now we realize that preschool age is a vital developmental period where far-reaching life chances can be made or broken. So this is a business that comes with a, a lot of responsibility. At Sugar and Spice, you employ over 100 teachers and serve over 500 students. You've been doing this since 1981, so you've seen at least one generation of preschool kids grow up. Does preschool have a regulated curriculum like elementary schools, or have you created a style of education that you've replicated at each of the schools? There is no set curriculum that's required by the state. However, there are guidelines that have to meet, that the curriculum has to meet the early learning and development standards. So there's no like standardized test or something Correct. to bring into kindergarten. No. But um, you need to be doing a certain checklist absolutely. of things. Absolutely. Okay. A big part of what we do is kindergarten readiness. Um, years ago, 54%, or currently 54% of children entering kindergarten are what the state calls ready to learn. I think that's a false statement. I think every child is ready to learn. But so I, and other advocates have said that it's not ready to learn, it's ready to thrive and ready to succeed when they enter kindergarten. And so we focus a lot on that and many of the other centers around uh, the state and around Acadiana are focusing on that kindergarten readiness. 
You know, a lot of times we think about it in terms of uh, knowing your ABCs and, you know, knowing the months of the year and the days of the week, but it's, it's being developmentally able, uh, having the cognitive uh, problem-solving skills and the creative problem-solving skills to actually be able to listen and focus on what the teachers are saying in the kindergarten classrooms and beyond. And giving the, so for us, it's giving the children the tools they need. Tommy, there's a big difference between taking a chance on your own fun idea for a children's book and being a publisher of other people's work, uh, especially given where we, where we are. Traditional publishing is facing massive challenges in the digital world. Uh, real world book sales are faltering and many bookstores, mom and pop and even major chains have gone under. You started your publishing business in 2005 with no background in publishing or business, and today you're a success story. Uh, forgive me if this is a rude question, but I'm sure you've been asked, asked it yourself. Uh, how have you managed to pull this off? Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> My son has even asked me that question. He said, Mom, how did you even do this without a real business plan? <laughs> Which is the, the truth. Um, it just sort of fell in my lap. And um, I've been really blessed uh, since 2005. Now, 2005 for us is <laughs> Katrina and Rita and all that. Would that have something to do with this? I would have a lot to do with it. When we uh, had the hurricanes, uh, it's when my first book came out, Adolfo the Adventurous Dolphin. So I literally told everyone that the dolphin literally swam in with the hurricane, with Hurricane Rita really? and Katrina. That was my first book. Um, I had just published it and we had to leave um, because of the hurricane. And I just prayed that my books, my thousand books, would be uh, at my house when I got home. And, <laughs> I said, they? and they were there. I said, Lord, <laughs> if these books are still here when I get home, then it is meant to be that I will be in this business. Well, now tell me about <laughs> the business. Yeah, let's, let's get go back to you're just where you're just a writer of books uh, mm -hmm. how do you get them sold um, I love marketing. I've always, uh, my husband says I could sell ice to Eskimos, but um, <laughs> I, I just, um, you know, started with the libraries and I went to our uh, public libraries in uh, Calcasieu Parish. I'm from Lake Charles. Yep. And I asked, I started with their summer reading programs and I just went and asked, do they have authors come in and read to the children? And I would love to do their reading programs. And they said, absolutely. So I started with 13 libraries and I went on tour that summer. And um, then I just started writing one book a year and my books started making the newspapers and uh, my name got out there and I just kept writing. So. And then you, uh, what about bookstores? And in bookstores as well. Um, oh, I, our books are, or my books are in a lot of boutique stores. So they're uh, like the little mom and pop stores. Absolutely love those stores. And do a lot of festivals as well. It's festivals all over the state of Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And so people love meeting the author. They love to meet I authors. Can, I can imagine that. They, uh, you know. Now, what, <laughs> now, you have a, th on the books you've written, is there the same characters that keep showing up? There's different characters, and um, they're animals. Oh, so good. I really enjoy writing books about animals. Children can really relate to animals, and they think it's a lot of fun, and so it inspires them to read. Alexander, nutty scientists are all around the world. Uh, this program started out in Spain and is now in over 40 countries. Lafayette is one of only nine cities in the United States to have the program. You have a lab and a theater, and you do birthday parties with your staff and professors like Professor Chaos and Professor Supernova. Uh, it sounds like fun, but there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, last time you were looking for, a n for new staff, you got 200 applicants but the only person, only one person made it and got hired. What does it take to be a nutty professor? It takes a lot of things. It takes more than just having a knowledge in science. Something that nutty science is all about is what you said earlier, edutainment. It's education and entertainment, and we combine the two. 
just because you have a degree in biology or chemistry, you could still be a dud. You could be boring. Yeah, yeah. You could kind of be a little dull. Yeah. We need somebody that is lively and eccentric. We need somebody who's going to entertain the children. Looks good in a lab coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always a plus. <laughs> we always, um, we like the instructors too to come up with their character names and then they will design a costume that they wear under their lab coat that goes along with that theme. And the kids really enjoy it because they can associate a certain subject in science to that professor. So let's talk about where you perform. You've, um, the, the schools I would imagine. Yep. Right, and how do you arrange that? Who do, uh, who do you talk to to get? Contact schools, contact principals, go to schools, send flyers, send emails, I mean, that's pretty much the only way to get out there, contact preschools. Um, we started, our very first thing was with Boys and Girls Club. Um, and from there, we went to Cathedral Carmel, then St. Pius, Broadmoor, uh, um, uh, Woodvale. And now we're into a bunch of preschools and we did ESA. Um, well, let me ask you something. Austin what Elementary. Do, what, what do the nutty scientists do that they're not getting in the schools per se? We do actual hands-on interactive learning. A lot of things that are going on in schools is a lot of worksheets or handouts. Yes, some schools they are doing actual experiments. They are bringing more of hands-on learning to the table, but for the most part it is auditory learning, you know, listening to lectures, as well as simply looking at a board, taking notes, things like that. At Nettie Sciences, even if we're doing art, they're always going to have an art project. If we're doing engineering, they're always going to be building something. If we're doing science, they're always going to be creating it. If we're teaching density, they're going to build lava lamps, and we're going to teach them about what, what different uh, ingredients are more dense or less dense than the others, and that's why these things, these float. We'll do stuff with sugar, a Coke can versus a Diet Coke can. Yeah. Why one sinks, why one floats. So you're blowing stuff up. You're, uh, they oh, yeah, well, elephant toothpaste, if you saw our commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, if you, you couldn't hear it on the commercial, but it blew up in, in person. We're actually the first lab for the franchise globally. So now ah. headquarters is in our facility. Can you get, you think that's the missing link um, to get kids excited about careers in science? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think there's a lack of science education in the schools unless you go to maybe the STEM, the STEM Academy. Right. Or one of the charter schools. What did you do? Were, um, were you a biology major or? No, I, well, actually I did. I started in nursing at McNeese and then I switched to you. I was in biology and then I, I was like, no, I don't want to work that much. So then I was in fashion merchandising. Um, I went to UL study abroad in 2010, the Paris program. And I was surrounded by so many great people with large aspirations and dreams. And it kind of reminded me again, like I want, I want to do more. I want to do more with my life. I want to make a larger difference. And um, from there, then I came home, got a job at St. Pius Elementary, and I remember my third day at work calling my father saying, I know what I want to do. I figured it out. I want to work with kids. So I actually got my degree in elementary education. And then you didn't know you'd be drifting off into edutainment. Yeah, that yeah. Is, uh, well, so you had that that's, a you. Whole, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, when I was looking at your background, it also said uh, property management. Yes. Uh, so, uh, how, would I, how would I think of that side? So... The, we've, we've got, uh, with the preschools, we've got the business side of everything, the business side of the preschools, but we also have properties that the preschools sit on. And so we, 
when we purchased a, a preschool in um, Broussard in 2005, the property had uh, an extra building that was being leased. Uh, prior to that, uh, when my grandmother passed in 2001, we renovated her house and turned that into a preschool. But next door to her house was my grandfather's lumber yard. And so my uh, mother and her two brothers um, decided to tear that down and build a, a shopping center. And so I, I helped spearhead ah. that uh, project and I became the property manager for the company, for the family. And since then, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with managing properties. You're very well preserved. You don't look old enough to have all these things go haven't gone on. <laughs> <laughs> uh -uh. I appreciate that. I, cer I certainly don't feel as young as I look. <laughs> Yeah, tell me, how does somebody choose a preschool? So I guess the, the other way to look at it is, how do you market yourself? There's competition out there. There is, we, we try to stay afloat. Uh, we try to stay ahead of the game. And you know, my mother started the preschool uh, in 1981 when I was born. And the, um, you know, she built a strong reputation um, and it, it really, really, resonated with people around us and so she always touted word of mouth word of mouth that's the that's the way to get people in and back then that was and you know now with technology and what things, is it now what is that business technology like now? when when social you, when you're out of town and or you're moving to a new place and you're looking for a place to go eat a place to live you're looking for anything where do you go you go to the internet and um you know google google maps you find websites and you know, things like that. So that's been a big part of our marketing strategy as of late, but um, having a quality product. And you know, we can get people to call us and come in and visit, but if we're not doing a great job, then they're gonna walk right out the door. So it's, it's getting the family-oriented atmosphere that you know, my mother strived to create when she was, uh, you know, when she was involved. And, so it's you were in the preschool. That. I was. That's I, right. I was the reason You're a happy customer. It. That's really, <laughs> that's right. uh, can't that's get right. any better than that. They, uh, now, tell me, what's the key to a good kid book? Because I keep thinking of the ones my sons really loved. What? Uh, you know, I think what, uh, everything that I look for and I write about and then now I look for in my author's manuscripts is to have a moral lesson in the book. Ah, so right. something that can teach children, you know, something very positive that they can use throughout their life. So those are the types of books. In all my books, they all have a moral lesson. What does the publisher do? We know what the author does. We know what the illustrator does. What does the publisher do? I am sort of like the contractor. So I, um, and I call myself a boutique publisher. So when the author comes in with their manuscript, I take the manuscript from start to finish, and I will choose the illustrator, the author will choose the illustrator, and we work together as a team. Might you and have to rewrite it a bit? I might, yes, I have an editor, editors. I have book designers who you actually work on the go, covers. There's no moral in and this the, thing. The, yes. Create something and put We're a moral We're going to create a moral and There's put it in there. <laughs> can't, can't have a calf walking around without morals. So. Right, so I kind of oversee the whole project, the whole, to make the, the book become the author's dream, something they've always dreamed of. And then what about the next step? We're selling it. Uh, is that somebody else? Uh, I also, you know, help handle that, but the authors do as well. Like, they're responsible for, if they want their own website, uh, copywriting their books, um, if they want them on Amazon. Um, I do help market them as far as like, when I go to festivals or I have speaking engagements or, you know, my website, alligatorbookbites.com, um, you know, and, and several writers' conferences throughout the United States. Now it's time to do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a, a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with, uh, with Jonathan. Um, have you ever considered quitting and doing something completely different? 
I did. Uh, years and years ago, um, I was, we were sitting at uh, my parents' house for lunch on a Sunday after Mass, and you know, we, we're all visiting, and I, my phone rings, and just out of the blue, a lady I'd met at a conference in Las Vegas and said, Jolin, why do you do what you do? And I said, oh, because I love kids. She told me, she said, that's BS. <laughs> okay, I haven't talked to you in three years, and you're wow. telling me that's BS. It's a she tough said, love kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. She said, I really want you to think about it. Call me, and I'll call you tomorrow. I said, okay. So I thought about it that night. I had a couple cocktails and got excited when I figured out that it's not just because I love kids. You know, it's, it's because I love the community, and we don't just affect the children that come to us. We're not just educating them and making sure that they're having fun and they're safe. We're allowing their parents to feel comfortable in going out in the community and give 100% in their jobs yeah. because their children are safe and because they feel comfortable with the service that we're giving them. I remember what somebody once told me that you're never, uh, you're only as happy as your least happy child. So, uh, so you're, <laughs> the key right. to, you're the key to that <laughs> link, I think. That's There's right. a, wow. Now, Alexandra, um, let me ask you a question now. What is, uh, what's your favorite question to ask someone in an interview? You know, okay, so you're interviewing people that think, I too can be a nutty scientist. What's your favorite question <laughs> to ask them? How many golf balls are in a school bus? Really? <laughs> that's, that's it. Wow, now what are you looking for? There isn't probably a correct answer. There is, a, there, there is there kind is, of. There is, oh God. <laughs> some, people, some people do ask a regular size bus or, you know. Uh, Those are good questions, right? Bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more so um, to see if they struggle with themselves or if they're like too stuck in their head or if they just have fun with the question. We want somebody that has fun with the question and gives us an out there answer. And what, what's a good, what would be a good answer that you've received? A good, well, a good one was a short bus or a, a short bus, maybe $200,000, but you never know. Barney and their friends could have been in the bus. Oh, bringing <laughs> that in. That's yeah. right. That, tying back to the kids. Good theory. <laughs> There's a, now, Tommy, are you a different person at work than you are uh, in the rest of your life? Not really, and I say that because uh, I have a, a big family. Um, I have, we have six children. We have five girls and one son. We have 11 grandchildren. Whoa. So my, my whole world is, you know, kids, and um, they're, you know, have books, and I'm always reading, and I'm not really a different person, just sometimes, you know, more dressed up. And <laughs> 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 when I go to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you, um, you have, I, you might not ordinarily think that you have some management roles, but you do in that you, you're the publisher for these folks and some people need, uh, need some direction and you seem like a very, very nice person, but you must have to, you know, do things. Uh, Crack the whip. Yes, yes, that's a <laughs> whip cracker. That was the word I was looking for. There's a, what is it like? You mean you've got them on deadlines? You've got oh, absolutely. Yes, I have to set deadlines, you know, for my illustrators. You know, they have to, you know, when they start a book, I uh, give them three months, you know, to finish that. And I, I mean, I have to because um, we're producing books in six to eight months. A lot of traditional publishers are taking two and three years. So wow, wow, yeah, I see. Yeah, so yeah. We're, they are on deadlines and uh, immediately, you know, we have a process that we go through and it goes to the editor and then it goes to the layout and designer and, you know, and um, so we, we have to stay. Um, Can you be you know, a Pleasant whip cracker? Oh, absolutely. Okay, In fact, some people tell me that I'm not I'm not mean enough. So really? But I'm getting well, there. I think you could go to <laughs> the more books we get. Mean school or something. That would <laughs> yes. be a, let me ask the three of this question. You've got good businesses, uh, in, you're in good niches, you're, you're doing very well, but how do you plan to grow the businesses you're in? Let me just, I'll start with Alexander. What do you, what do you think? Uh, um, 
Do you want to get bigger? Yes, I do. We actually own all of the state except for Shreveport. So, in terms um, of the franchise rights, okay. Mm -hmm. We we're only going to have two more labs. There, one will be in Baton Rouge. One will be in New Orleans. Are these things you own? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So I didn't think of it in that option. You've got people coming into your sites. You've got yourselves going to the schools. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the kind of the off-site birthday party Correct. business. Well, we, we do birthday parties at our lab as well. Oh. Um, yeah. But we can go to people's houses. And same thing for field trips. Field trips, they can come to our space or we can go to the school or the preschool. So what would expanding or the look like for party. you? Would you need another labs in a new market? Yes. So that would be, like I said, we would put a lab in New Orleans, one in Baton Rouge. Lake Charles and Alexandria will only be mobile businesses. Okay. We will not put actual labs there. You'd have to hire more nutty people. Correct. As a, as a, and some, you would, to get to that level, you may need to start borrowing some money, right? Would that be something no. you'd I'm not we're, not, not, we're not going to You're not going to borrow a, money. No, we're not going to build okay. another lab until we get the money that we put into this one first. There's back. a lot of businesses still standing because they, they, they took that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> took that. But what about yourself? Well, the, uh, with property management, we, we can grow and find properties and find special areas that are in need of what we provide. Yeah, like how do you know provide. there's a market in a certain place? Do well, you know? and, and we find business op business areas and we, we realize that a lot of families and it, it's best to if you're a working parent and that's who we mostly cater to and they we want to be close to their place of business so that in the event that they want to come visit or in the event that their child is sick and they want to pick them up bring them to the doctor so i wasn't right thinking the, along those lines right i was thinking that you business. were going to be near their homes but that's not really the key it's it's to be near where they're working that's right and tell me what might your company look like five years from now? Would you be uh, handling more authors? You seem to be on a, like a one book a year pace, which is pretty, I mean, for yourself, for writing them, right? Is that about right? Oh, yes, well, my writing has slowed down tremendously um, because since I became a publisher, so no, we need mo more than one book for Alligator Book Bites <laughs> <laughs> to continue forward. In five years, I see uh, Alligator Book Bites. Right now, we're, we're regional, but uh, we plan on going national, and uh, we're going international with one of our books for sure uh, into Ireland. I'm very excited oh. about that. So well, we will see it. We got an international book home whistle. Home of great writers, so that makes and, a lot uh, of sense. And we have a lot of they great writers, and um, I really don't have to advertise that much. I get phone calls. We're producing quality books at quality prices. Um, I have a you know top printers on board, and I have a great team, like she was saying as I well. How do you, you make know? money selling so books? Is there, mar is there some margin? Um, yeah, I mean, you make money by selling books. It's hard work, just like yep. everything else. But you know, when you enjoy what you do and you love it, and you and you know, in the state of Louisiana, you know, I want to make a difference in. Because our, our kids are behind in reading, and um, so mostly I'm focused on Louisiana. Two right questions: now this time. Uh, uh, Do you have an online presence? Um, is that what what part of the game plan is? Yeah, yeah, online, and um, you know, books are moving, of course, online and into you know, eBooks, Kindle, and all. But we're going to continue producing, um, you know, books that you can actually hold and turn their pages books. and That's physical uh, books. I think they'll be around for a while. So we're staying on top of it. I'm staying on top of it. Might you vertically integrate and open a bookstore? That's a, that's an, another goal of mine, really? maybe within the next Jeez. few years. These uh, are just good guesses. <laughs> well, they a lot of people are already after me. When are you going to open Alligator Book Bites bookstore? <laughs> we want a small bookstore, not a big bookstore. Right. So I'll have a mom and pop bookstore. A place to <laughs> a sit place on the floor and read? Where I will have all my authors and my artists, and they will be creating, and, and uh, parents can bring their children over to read and do art. 
you know, and that music. was my favorite gig when my kids were little. They'd, they'd invite the parents in to read, mm -hmm. read a book, and you could use all these different voices. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. And then we're kind of going into more theater as well. It wasn't too, a good so. paying job, but it really, <laughs> really worked out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jonathan, Tommy, Alexander, all of you are in businesses that you're passionate about and that you obviously enjoy. Between the three of you, you touch a lot of children's lives. It may be a cliche, but it's also true that the children are our future. You're all doing work that is helping to shape the Acadiana of the future. It's fun, but it couldn't be more important. And thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to join me tonight out to lunch. Appreciate you're welcome. It. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jonathan Pierce, president of Sugar and Spice Preschools Incorporated, Tommy Townsley, the author and CEO of publishing company Alligator Books, and Alexandra Druant. She's the co-owner of Nutty Scientists of Acadiana. You can find out more about Jonathan's preschools, Tommy's publishing, and Alexandra's Nutty Science by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville here in Lafayette. Cafe V is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And Christian is our researcher. Our theme song, On Commissio Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to find out what we all look like and who wouldn't, uh, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calais Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette has 290 sleeping rooms with 14,000 square feet of meeting space to accommodate groups from 10 to 500 for meetings, conferences, weddings, and high school reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette and Lake Charles. Providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.